You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Hi, LWC family. We wanted to specifically speak to our online campus. Of all the difficulty that we've had in 2020, one of the bright spots has been our online campus. And, and many of you are, are connected to us on a, on a weekly basis uh, from Las Cruces, New Mexico, to people in the Valley, in the Phoenix area. Uh, we've got viewers from Los Angeles, uh, in, in different parts of California. We've got viewers that are in Lordsburg, New Mexico, our hometown. And so a big shout out to you that are from Lordsburg. And also, there's, there's people locally that are watching online because of this pandemic. You've, 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 you've felt safer watching online. And so we thank God for each of you. We, we thank the Lord for what he's doing in each of your lives. And we, we wanted to just kind of inform you, apprise you of a campaign that God has given us for the next five years. It's called R1K. And it stands for Reach 1,000 People for Jesus. That We're believing that 1,000 people are going to say yes to Jesus through the ministry at Living Word Chapel. Now, that can seem big, but what we found to be true is that with God, all things are possible. In fact, Matthew 19, 26 says just that. So in that... Um, we are also believing that there will be 700 people that will be connecting to weekly attendance, whether that's online or in person uh, in the next five years. We, we believe we're going to baptize 250 people in the next uh, five years as well. New people added to, to the kingdom of God. Uh, we are also believing we're going to launch a third campus. We have two campuses right now here in Oracle, one in Kearney, and God is, is, is showing us that we will launch a third campus as well as planting a church in a rural community that needs a healthy church. And so uh, we're, we're praying and we're asking the Lord to lead us and guide us so that we can put that church where it needs to be. Yes. And we are also excited that we will be providing an after-school program at both our Oracle campus and our Kearney campuses. Our mission here, uh, our mission here is to be loved, empowered, and transformed through the living word. And so we want to have a safe place for kids to come, for their parents to feel like their kids are safe, and to be able to pour God's word into their lives. Because we know that that is the most important thing that we can do as God's disciples here on earth. Amen. That's so true. And and, and where do you fit in? You know, your your online viewers. Um, but you're just as important and, and, and just as big of a part of, of this vision than us that are here. Um, God is going to use you where you're at to expand his family and to, to bring many into, into the fold, as we call. Uh, and so you're a big part. And you're making a difference in your community. And every week that you, that you hear the message and you internalize and then live that out, 
God is working through you. So, so we ask you to join us. Our, our goal for this year is 80,000. Uh, and that seems like a lot, but with, with God, all things are possible. Already, uh, we're right under 29,000 that has come in and, and we give God glory for that. The, the campaign ends in, uh, in February. So we're believing that we have enough time for, for the Lord to, to work in and through his people. We also want you to know this. God never puts pressure on us to give monetarily. And so don't feel any pressure. Don't feel coerced into giving. What Sean and I have realized in the 27 years that we've walked with Jesus is we can never outgive God. And there's never been a time that we give back to his work that we feel like if we, we've missed out. God just continues to bless us in ways that are uh, unexpressible and, and just incredible. So uh, know that uh, there's a link that we will show you and uh, you can give, whether it's through our online uh, giving platform, through text giving or through mail. Um, but just, we're excited. And, and we want you to know that you're loved. You're loved by myself, Shauna, the Living Word Chapel family, and, uh, and we pray that you'll join the cause as we reach 1,000 people together for Jesus.
There's no one that could tame it, this crazy love. Oh, I could separate us from your love, your love, this crazy God, our nation is hurting, and our people are losing heart. So we pray for healing, for humility, and for hope. May the values that unite us overcome the things that divide us. May the voices for peace be louder than the voices of violence. May beauty and kindness outshine disorder and hate. And may justice roll and destruction cease. Remind us where we came from. Show us who we are. Inspire us with what we could be together. Hear our prayer and heal our land. Amen. Those of you that know me or know the ministry here at Living Word Chapel, uh, you know that our mission is to preach the gospel. Uh, we, we do not like to uh, align ourselves with a political party or anything else that will dilute the person of Jesus. For us, it's Jesus plus nothing. And that's why our mission at LWC is to love, empower, and transform people with and through the living word. We, we believe that the living word changes lives. And if this is your guide, if this is your anchor, it doesn't matter what is going on around us. Um, we have the stability of God in our life. You know, as I prepared uh, to preach this message, I, I really came to this message with fear and trembling because I know that this is a push-button topic. Uh, every person listening to me or watching has an opinion. And let's be honest, when uh, anything goes against our opinion or our ideas or our convictions, uh, we can get very uncomfortable. And we're going to be talking today as we go through the, the, the book of Romans, the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. We're coming to chapter 13, and he starts out with uh, how do we approach the governing authorities? How do we as Christ followers uh, how do we deal with those that are leading us in whatever country that we're at, whatever part of the world that we live? Now, it's important for me to mention that at this time that Paul was writing, uh, there were no Christian leaders. There were no Christian rulers in Paul's day. And he's writing to Christ followers who were under the leadership of some of the harshest leaders in the Roman Empire, people like Caligula and, and Nero. And when we look at that, it, it speaks to us because I think as Americans, and I may be speaking to someone in, in another part of the world, as people, we, 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 we talk about how, you know, if our leaderships are not so-and-so, 
then we cannot submit to them. And, and, and Paul, Paul is actually going to be talking about submitting to leadership of, of emperors that were going to behead him, that were going to, to take his life. And, and the things that he says are vitally important to keep our hearts aligned with the things of God. Because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to disalign our hearts and our, and our minds and our peace uh, from God. He wants to, he wants to keep us in, in the ways of the world. Now, remember how he started in chapter 12. He said, present your bodies as a holy and living sacrifice. And then he goes on and he says, uh, you know, holy and acceptable to God. He goes on in verse 2 to say that do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your life. So that would be like referred to, to section A of chapter 12. And then section uh, uh, B of, of chapter 12, he, he talks to us about everyone has been given a gift. And, and with that gifting that comes from God, we're able to navigate in our best person in our best way with the Holy Spirit moving through us. And every gift is important to the body, just like every part of our body is important to our life. And then he goes on and he says, uh, bless those who persecute you, you know, and, and do good to them. And, and, and he calls us to this thing. And then now we come to chapter 13 and he's going to talk about how, how do we approach the governing authorities? And I think it's safe to say that our country is divided politically. And the divide, from what I see, is split in half. You can just look at the races from the, from the presidential race to the runoff in Georgia. And you see that, that they were so close that they're, 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 you know, we're, they're, they're contemplating on, on these votes because of different things. And everyone has an opinion. I'm not here to talk about opinions. I'm here to talk about what do we see with our own eyes. And you see the divide. And you see people that are, that are on one, one way, whether you lean uh, blue or, or you lean uh, red. Here's what I would say to you. As Christ followers, we should lean into what God has to say about this matter and every matter. And I think it's very important uh, to us to lean into what God has to say because it was very important to the Apostle Paul or else he would not have written it in Scripture. He put it in, in, the, in, in the canon uh, of Scripture so that we would understand how we're supposed to approach the subject. And so as we, as we go into this text, and, and, and uh, my, my points are going to be uh, four God-led attitudes. What are the attitudes that we should have toward our governing authorities? Here's the first attitude, and we're going to go into uh, chapter 13, verse 1, to find this. The first attitude that we should have is we should respect authority. Respect is at the center of, of, of the list because uh, with respect in the, in the home, in the family, and especially respect and honor of God, it leads to every facet of society. And the Apostle Paul starts out in, in verse 1, he says, everyone must submit to the governing authorities. Let me pause right there. Everyone means everybody. It doesn't just say Christians. 
It means everybody. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right and they will honor you. You see, as he starts out, he's talking about respect in a society will always be a good thing. And then he, he teaches us that, that when we talk about authority, the mantle of authority has been given by God. That's why Paul wrote, all authority comes from God, and those who have been placed in authority have been placed there by God. God, and, and let me say something that's vitally important. When you go to, to uh, ch- uh, chapter 12, verse 1, and it says, present yourselves, present your bodies as holy and living sacrifices, we need to understand that, that we have been transferred from the domain of darkness where we lived independently of God. In other words, we resisted authority, and we've been transferred into the kingdom of God's beloved Son, where, where Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. He submitted himself to the authority of the Father he, in, in, his human, in his human life. And, and, and throughout scriptures, we find out that submission to God, not my will, but your will be done, is what makes us at peace. What, what makes us live a life that's vibrant. Our flesh will always resist authority. The demonic realm resists authority. Satan wanted to be like God. Satan wanted to be more than what he was. He was not willing to submit to authority. And he will play havoc in people's lives for you not to respect authority. And any society that is depleted of respect will fail, will falter. Any any marriage that's, that's depleted of respect will fail. And if there's no respect in a, in a home, there will not be respect in the schools. If there's not respect in the schools, there will not be respect for, the, for authorities, for, for police and officers that, that are here to keep us safe, or for, for those that have been placed under us that are called by God to bring justice and reward. And God will use leaders, whether they're good or they're evil, for his good purposes. Remember Jesus standing before Pilate at his trial? And and Pilate said to to Jesus, uh, do you not know that I have the power to to crucify you or to set you free? And, And Jesus said this, he said, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Jesus being God in the flesh, Jesus being the word personified, he tells Pilate, your authority comes from above. Your authority doesn't even come from the, from, the, from, the, from the empire of Rome. Your authority has been given to you from God. And think about this. The Lord of glory submitted himself to the plan of the Father. And that's very important to us because God is calling all of us to submit ourselves to the plan of the Father. And his plan, his plan is for us not to resist respect but for us to submit to respect. See, Christians should lead the way. 
Christians should, should lead the way in, in, in how the world views God. That there's peace in submission, that there's, that there's actually a, a, a better life with respect. And God is working out his plan in every administration. God's not absent from, he, he was not absent when, when uh, you know, President Reagan was here. Or he, he wasn't absent when, uh, you know, all the different, pre- President Carter, I could name different presidents. You know, he was not absent. God is working out his plan in every administration and everything that's going on in our world. How do I know that? Because I, I read it in the word. I see it played out in life. In the book of, of Daniel, uh, very early in, in this book, it says this in verse 1 of chapter 1 and also verse 2. It says, during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And this is what verse 2 says. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was not a godly man, but Daniel made a kingdom impact for God. He submitted himself to the authority of the the king. He did not uh, alter his convictions. He didn't deny his allegiance to God, which we should never do. It's God first and everything else in its rightful place, not the other way around. And, and we find that when we put God in his proper place, we find out that respect starts with God. And, and Daniel lived out his life as, as Nebuchadnezzar uh, uh, took over uh, the reign and the Israelites were put into captivity. We, we find that Daniel made an impact wherever he went. And he led with respect. And yet when they, when they challenged him to do things that were not from God, he chose God first. And, th- and that's what God wants us to know. God doesn't want for us to follow any decree or to follow anything that's going to be God at the bottom and, and this decree on top. When they, when they, when they uh, asked Daniel to, to pray to another God, he chose to pray to the living God. Right? There's times that we have to choose God's way instead of man's way. But he didn't do that out of lack of respect. In fact, he was willing to go to the lion's den and suffer for the glory of God. He suffered with respect. And Nebuchadnezzar raised him up and gave him favor. You know, the, the Hebrew midwives, they, they chose faith in God over the decree from, from Pharaoh for them to destroy the Hebrew Born males. They choose, they choose that. There, there are times that we, that we choose God over what's going on in, in, in the land, but that's only when it violates the convictions of Scripture. The, the apostles, they chose preaching Jesus and the gospel over the, the threats of the Sanhedrin. And, and it says this in, in Acts 5, verse 29. It says, Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. But it was never out of disrespect. It was in their allegiance to God. 
And that, that's what Paul is teaching us. He's, he's saying, respect those that are over you. We should, be, we should be living out a life of purpose where people see a difference in us. We're not a part of the chaos. We're a part of the restoration. We're part of the love of God. We're a part of the change agency of the Holy Spirit. It's what, it's what the Lord does in our lives. Here's the second attitude. We should consider it a blessing for, for authority to serve you. For, for the authorities of this, of, of this country or whatever country that you, you live at, uh, we should be a, 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 consider it a blessing. At, at the heart of the matter, government officials are public servants. That's God's doing. That's his ordained plan. Not only are they a blessing to us, but we are called to be a blessing to them. And this is what the Apostle Paul says in verse 4. He says, the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. You know, one, one of the things that, that, that I don't think we, we take a, 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 a great look at or, or we don't grab a hold of is that God has called government to be a rewarder of good, even more than the justice for evil. And, and there are good leaders and there are bad leaders. And every leader of government will give an account for, for what they've done with the platform that God has entrusted to them. And, and that's so important for us to grab a hold of is that, is that they are God's servants whether they know it or not. And they will give an account whether they know it or not. And so the world and the enemy of our souls would want to give you a lens of leaders in our country that says that they're, they're all bad. All of them are crooked. And they're, 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 they're not good for anything, especially the ones that are on the other side of our political platform. And that's not what God says. Because God has his people everywhere. And God calls his people to make a difference. And, and God calls his people to, to cry out to him and to, to seek his face. And I personally know followers of Jesus who are Republicans and followers of Jesus who are Democrats. I, I, I know that they, they love the Lord. And, and that's why I don't make it a, 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 an item on which platform you stand. What is an, an item is how do you follow and represent Jesus Christ. You know, I, I, I received an email recently on the wake of, of that, uh, that, that horrible ordeal that happened at the, at the White House and so much that came from that. And of course, our prayers are for our leaders. Our prayers are for restoration. Our prayers are for, for God to move in the hearts and bring us back to a place where we seek his face. But, but one of the things that I, that I saw uh, was a video that was put out from a congresswoman. And 
Someone with a phone was recording what was going on, and there was chaos, and there was brokenness, and broken glass, and all kinds of things that were happening. And, and uh, 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 you know, senators were under seats, and, 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 you know, just all these things. But a congresswoman was caught praying to God. And this is what she prayed. She said, Father God, you are all-powerful. We know that all things work together for the good. So we trust in you right now in the name of Jesus that you have this under control. Right now, in the name of Jesus, all things work together. All things. Peace. Peace in the land. Peace in this country. Peace in this world. Lord, we ask you for a healing right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, protect Protect those who are trying to protect us. Protect all of our brothers and sisters in this Congress who protect America, Lord. We just thank you. We praise you. We give you all honor and glory because you are powerful. Above all, we thank you right now in this moment. This Congresswoman from, from Delaware, uh, Lisa Rochester, prayed that prayer. and They, 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 they caught it you know, on camera at, at the, in, in a time of chaos. In a time of despair, and, and it doesn't matter what political affiliation she is, what matters to me is that she cried out to the God of heaven. That she cried out to the eternal God, and, and, and that's what's going to heal our land. She's interceding for our country. And this is not a stage situation where, where, where there's, a, there's a camera and they say, okay, let me, let me give my best response. This is a, a crisis in life. where she didn't know that the camera was even on. Let me, let me ask you a question. When you're in your crisis, what's the camera going to find you saying? What, what's a, is it going to be pleading to God? Is it going to be uh, ridiculing everything around you, every person? How would you be caught recording it? It really speaks to us. It speaks to my heart that, that we... We'll submit ourselves. We'll, we'll respect those that God has placed over us, especially those who are seeking his face. And I think, beloved, that we will bring much healing to this land if all of us seek God together. If all of us seek the face of Jesus. Right now, Living Word Chapel is in 21 days of prayer. And, and we will pray for 21 days seeking the face of God. We prayed for addictions this week. We prayed for, for those uh, to put God first we, we prayed that we would put him in his rightful place in our life. We prayed for this pandemic that we're in. I believe that God is bigger than anything we'll face. But we need to seek his face. The, the, the third attitude that we should have, and, and, and oh boy, what, what a thing for me to preach, right? But it's the word of God. The, the third attitude, it says, pay your taxes. Oh, boy, I just got favorites. Everyone, everyone in, in, that's watching, I know you're all excited about me saying that. Uh, and you can tell that Paul wasn't running for public office. Because if he was, he would have said, no new taxes. No new taxes. But this is what Paul says in verse 6. He says, pay your taxes too for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. So we see here that in the design of God, government is supposed to take care of those who are under their care. And its citizens are supposed to pay 
to take care of the governing authorities. Now, this can and, and has been abused, but God will deal with that. We have to trust him. And I know that this is just what you wanted to hear in church. Pay your taxes. Come on, PJ. What's up with that? Why, why don't we talk, PJ, why don't you talk about the government giving me another stimulus? I want to get stimulated. But Paul is talking to the church in Rome, and, and uh, they were under tyranny. They were under leaders. And he says this to the church. He says, submit yourself. Honor them. Pay your taxes. And so we, we, we can default to Jesus. What would Jesus say? You know, what would he say about this? Well, the religious leaders, they asked him, you know, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Actually, they wanted to trick him because these religious leaders were against him. And Jesus said, bring me a coin. And he, he saw the inscription. He said, what, what inscription is, is on this coin? And they said, Caesar. And Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And his reply amazed them. You see, Jesus being the word and him speaking the word, these are his instructions. He understands what a society needs for it to be healthy, for it to function in a way that's healthy. Not abused. There shouldn't be abuse in any of these. It should function in a way that honors God, and that's what we should be praying for. So the fourth attitude is this. We should pray for the welfare of those who lead us. Paul says, give respect and honor to those in authority. Give respect and honor. Sometimes that's a hard pill for us to swallow. Sometimes we want to say, well, they don't deserve my respect. They don't deserve for me to honor them. Look at what they've done. Look at what they do. Doesn't tell us that. He doesn't say respect and honor them when they act a certain way. He doesn't say respect and honor them when they, when they are according to your political opinion or affiliation. He says respect and honor authority because it makes for a healthy society. And when you teach your children and your grandchildren to have respect and honor and pray, they will become better citizens. They'll have a, a heart that will be filled with peace instead of animosity and anger and hatred. And all the chaos that we're seeing right now in this country, all, everything that's going on, there, the immense hatred is because people don't respect others' dignity. We don't honor people for who God made them. We are all created in the image of God. We might not live it out, but we're all created that way. And God wants us to love people. You know, God, God spoke to the, to the Israelites in the Old Testament through the prophet Jeremiah. They were scattered uh, across the land. And this is what, what uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 7 says. He says, work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. For, in other words, pray to the Lord for that city, for its welfare. For its welfare will determine your welfare. I'm going to read it one more time. And, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. 
Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Man, that's an important, important scripture. If I pray for the city, if I pray for the county, if I pray for the state, if I pray for the country that God has placed me, their welfare will be good for me. As good as my community is, will be as good as my family will have to be raised in. As good as the, the county, as, as good as the, the, the welfare is in the state and in the country, the better it's going to be for you and for me. Paul, as he writes to, to Timothy, he says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Whew, that's a word. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. There, there's, there's so much there to unpack. We're not even going to be, be able to do that. Verse 2, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. There's a promise there. There's a promise that if we pray instead of resisting, if we, if we humble ourselves and respect, that there's something that will happen in leaders and that the hand of God will move in a way where they can, there can be peace. Let me tell you what this country needs. They need more people praying to the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. We need more people on our knees. We need more people humbling themselves. If God's people will pray and humble themselves, he will heal our land. And I just believe that. I believe his word to be true. I believe that, that he's going to work out his purposes and we understand that there's a, you know, that as we, as we progress in his plan, that the days will get darker and the, and the, and the world will get, will get worse. But here's what I know for sure. If I am anchored in truth, that God will always have a victory. If I allow myself to, to respect authority, if I, if I understand that, uh, that they are called uh, to be a blessing to me, and it's a blessing for them to serve me. If I, if I understand that, uh, that taxes, I don't have to look at them in a, in a bad way, and especially that my attitude to pray for the welfare of those who lead us, if I just hold on to these, it'll make our country better. And I ask you right now to join me and join us at Living Word Chapel to produce peace and love and grace in a world that so desperately needs it. Let's be a part of God's construction crew, not be a part of the enemy's destruction. God loves you. He's got an amazing plan for you. And, and here, here's what I, how I want to end. The most important thing that you could ever do is say yes to Jesus. You saying yes to Jesus will change your life eternally. And so that is as easy as A, B, C. You know, all of us need to admit that we're sinners. All of us need to admit that our way is not the right way. Maybe you're there today. You can just say, that's me. I, 
my way is not the right way. The, the, the B stands for believe in Jesus. What are you believing today? If, it, if, it's, if you're believing something that does not have Jesus Christ there, you're believing in the wrong person, in the wrong thing. You can put your trust in the one who is faithful. You can believe that Jesus came to set you free from all of the destruction in this world. And the seers confess him as your Lord and Savior and choose to follow him from this day forward. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, simple prayer for you to take a step and say yes to Jesus. God, I come to you today and I admit that I'm needy of you. I admit that I am a sinner and I'm tired of trying to do life without you. So today I put my faith, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe that he went to the cross and died for my sins and that he rose again on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so I confess him as my Lord and my Savior, and I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we are rejoicing with you. We are raising up them hallelujah praise hands. Living Word Chapel, we are so excited for what you've done, the step that you've taken. I would love for you to put uh, an emoji, hallelujah praise hands, on, the, on, on your comments. Or say, put in the comments, I said yes to Jesus today. At Living Word Chapel, we want to be a church that will come alongside, encourage you, strengthen you, never put you down. We are a church that lives by this mission. We want to love, empower, and transform people with and through the living word. His word will change you. And so I'm believing that your week is going to be amazing. I'd love for you to join us in our 21 days of prayer. You can find that on the website. You can find how to get connected to that. And let me tell you, let me tell you, God is on the move to do great things because that's just the way he operates. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.